Hey y'all, thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. You're going to notice that these two episodes are a little different than what we've done in the past. Now, I am sharing my story on my own podcast for the very first time, and honestly, for the first time in almost five years. So get ready to hear all about how in the first episode, how my business has started, where it's going, where it's come from. And then in the following episode, how the last 20 months has shifted my business and how I invested in my mental and physical health and how it positively impacted my business moving forward. So hope you guys enjoy this episode and let's go. Hey y'all, thanks for joining on this season of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. This season is so special and I cannot wait for you to listen in. I'm bringing on some guests that have incredible, empowering, and inspiring stories to share with you in order to inspire and empower you to grow the business that you desire and to live the life you want to live. So pop in those headphones and let's listen in. Hey, y'all. I am not Jen. (laughs) I am Jen's podcast editor. I'm Kayla. And I'm here today to interview Jen for this podcast episode because it's so much easier to share your story when someone else is asking the questions. You know, they always ask questions in a way that like really forces you to dig a little bit deeper. And as we were coming up with the ideas for these episodes, it became very clear that Jen just needed someone else to, uh, to, to ask the questions. So, hey, Jen, how you doing? I'm weirdly nervous, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm super excited. I'm really excited about these episodes. I am too. I think it's going to be really fun. So first things first, because I, I think that you have told bits and pieces, like little bitty bits and pieces of your story here and there. It's never been like a full telling. So I am curious if you could tell everybody how you got started in your business in the first place. This is my favorite answer because people are always like, really? That's how it got started? My previous boss really pissed me off. And that is literally what I tell every person that asks me. I always tell them like, my my boss pissed me off and I didn't want to work for him anymore. (laughs) I was a new mom. I legitimately had like a two, three week old baby when I felt like I wasn't treated well by my previous employer, the office manager. The company is fantastic, uh, but the office manager. And I just decided I didn't want to work with him anymore. So why start your own business versus like find another job in your area or do something else that was more like stable? That's that's the word I'm going to use. Quote, quote, air quotes for that stable. No, that's fair. I, you know, I wanted to have the flexibility of my time when I realized that I didn't want to work for somebody who could decide one day not to pay me what I was worth, that I didn't want to put trust in a person, a company, you know, an employer that gets to decide just one day not to pay me or not to honor an agreement or uh, another instance that happened uh, when I first came back to work after having my son, he got sick and I felt guilty for calling out of work to to take care of my kid. And I'm like, no, like that's not, 
That's not how this is supposed to work, you know? So it was really those two catalysts that ended up making me want to do something that allowed me to have the flexibility of my time, allowed me to make my own hours. You know, I could work when he was napping. I could work before he would get up, after he went to bed. That That's just what I was interested in making happen at the time. I love it. I mean, I, I know so many people who have done the exact same thing. They just, I mean, let's get real. <laughs> having kids, not easy. And having a full-time job where you're working for someone else and you're having to mold yourself and your family life to someone else's schedule. And like, inevitably they get sick. Inevitably there's something Mm -hmm. going on where you have to get them here or get them there. The cost of childcare is ridiculous. Insane. (laughs) So much, so many like good things to consider, like starting a side hustle or going into your business full time. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it so much for moms. So then my next question would be, how did you find out about the online world? I, I love asking this question because everyone's answers are so different, but like, it's not as if you go to school and someone at school is like, yeah, totally. You can start your own business so easy online. Like just do it. It's like, how did we all find this online space where people are really doing business and like growing empires online? How did you find it? I love this question. And I think it shows how, Like, there's so many different ways to go about creating a career that does not involve college, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, How I found it was, was Pinterest. I'm very, like, I'm a very weird elder millennial in that, like, I don't use Google and YouTube to find things out. I always forget about those two resources. I always go to Pinterest first. This is hilarious. I never use Pinterest. Pinterest confuses the hell out of me. No, I have always, always gone to Pinterest to find stuff. I mean, decorating my house. Of course, recipes. Everyone's done recipes. But like, oh, yeah. you know, grooming tips for my dog. How to train my horse. Like, literally, I used Pinterest before I used Google. Nice. I love it. So, yeah, Pinterest. It was it was on Pinterest. So what did you find on Pinterest? I landed on a blog from... I don't even know how her and I got connected, but somehow or another on Pinterest, I landed on her blog, was reading it, and I realized that I'm friends with her on Facebook. Now, it wasn't somebody I'd ever met in real life, but her and I were connected on Facebook somehow or another. And she was talking about uh, how she had become a virtual assistant. She had taken this course. It was a $150 course at the time. And I had taken the opportunity to reach out to her personally. I said, hey, I wanted to like really get the skinny on this. And she was super helpful. I ended up taking the same course she did. And that was a 30 days to VA course. I can't remember the original creator's name, but, but that's how I ended up finding it was Pinterest and a blog and a personal connection which was totally random. I love it. Actually very similar. I, I Googled. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. I Googled though. I didn't Pinterest. I Googled (laughs) how to make money online dot, dot, dot legitimately. And I found, there you go. I found Michaela Quinn's course through a blog post though. Like it was a, it was somebody's blog right. post and it was affiliate link and all that, which I didn't know anything about that back then, but I do now. Okay. So you find this, you take the course, like what did you start off doing in the online world? I did anything and everything that someone would pay me money for. Love <laughs> it. I just, what, 
to preface that. So like I wrote show notes for podcasts. I didn't edit her podcast, but I would upload it into Libsyn and schedule it and all the things. I did that. I did voice transcriptions, like literally listened to a video and typed transcriptions before I knew Timmy was a thing. Like that was miserable. I did graphics. I did web design. I'm not good at it. Please don't come to me for web design. It looks like 10-year-old could probably design something better (laughs) than I can. I mean, anything and everything that I felt semi-confident that I could deliver, I was replying on Facebook groups all the time. I love it. I mean, really, like, I sit there and think about it, and everyone, the first thing everyone tells you is, don't do anything and everything. But it's like, at the same time, if you don't do a bunch of different things when you're first starting out, how do you know what you actually like doing? Right. Well, and like a friend of mine, an acquaintance at the time, had posted months prior that she needed help running her photography business. Mm -hmm. And I had no knowledge about photography. I had no knowledge about any systems online. Nothing. I mean, I didn't even have a Gmail until I started my business. And I, I reached out to her. I said, hey, wanted to see, is this something that you still need? And she did. She hired hired me a couple weeks later. And that's really where I found my love of helping photographers run their business and like help on the back end of things. Yeah. But I mean, you wouldn't have known like you like that anything any more than anything else if you hadn't tried all the other things. Yes. Yeah. Because when I worked on her stuff, it was fun. Anything else, I like wanted to stab my eyeballs. I feel like there's like a moment for everyone where they finally find the thing that they like. And it's like, oh my gosh, the angels sing, light bulbs start turning on. And it's like, this is what my business is meant to do. So you, at that point, you're working with photographers, but in what way? So for her, I managed her HoneyBook account. So I was literally the go-to person for her business. I answered emails. I scheduled photo shoots. I sent her like her calendar each week. There There was a point a few months into working together that she actually had me get on the phone with her husband so I could coordinate their schedules. <laughs> because she didn't weird. look at things. She didn't look at things ahead. She just, I sent it to her every Friday for the following week. And, um, you know, she was a mom, or she is a mom of twins. So, mm-hmm. like, she's got all of that going on. And and it was just, and her her husband is in medical school. So, like, he has all of that going on. So there's just a, a lot. So to ha- be able to really help her figure out a schedule that worked for her, you know, help her hold to her boundaries, all of that fun stuff was all things that I just really, really enjoyed. Brilliant. So then, like, how did you decide to kind of shift into only working with photographers? And then additionally, how has your business evolved? Like you started working with her, you're basically doing all the things to run her business, but then obviously that's not where your business is at today. So like, how did all of this evolution happen? Oh gosh, I feel like there were so many stages. Like you see the like ape to human and it feels very much like (laughs) those many stages, even though the business is only like four and a half. So I started off with her. It took me 18 months to niche down to to photographers. She was a really, really great resource. She referred me to so many photographers and it really helped me build the, you know, my clientele at that point. I was also really, really active in Facebook groups. That's 
if it wasn't a referral, I got new clients from Facebook groups. So I focused on uh, reaching out to photographers, interacting with photographers, and and that kind of thing. I spent a lot of time in groups like uh, the Rising Tide Society or Honeybook Community, Dubsado Community, showing my expertise in those systems so that, you know, when someone's trying to get a question answered or they're, you know, troubleshooting an issue, if I come, if you, they, if my name keeps t- popping up for someone who like knows what they're talking about, then I'm going to be someone that they go to to hire. So I did that a lot. And then I went through a group coaching program 18 months after I started my virtual assistant business. And through that program that Natalie Gingrich used to run, she doesn't offer it anymore. I'm really sorry. But through that program, that's where I decided to take the plunge. And and that's where Success Beyond the Lens was born. That's where I the name came from. Nat really helped me figure out that not only did I love the work I was doing with the photographers that I was working with, but I was really good at it. I'm not great at graphics. I'm not great at web design. I hated writing for the podcast. Like all of those different things didn't make sense to do long term or to niche down where everything I did for for photographers felt good and I was good at it. So there you are. You've gone through Natalie's program. You've decided that you want to niche down. You truly love the work that you're doing with photographers. Obviously, they're hiring you to do various things. You know, they're coming to you with what they think they need. But as you're working with them, how are you spotting like the trends and what what they actually need? How they you are helping them actually move their business forward? Because I know that that is a huge passion of yours is not like I'm just going to do this thing. It's like we are going to build your business. Your business is going to yeah. become your version of successful and thriving. Like, how did that start happening for you? And how are you able to start like translating that to the people that you are trying to bring into the business? So at the time of me niching down to photographers, I was creating a name for myself as like the Dubsado person. Because what was happening is I was getting on these calls with these photographers. And I swear to you, I would be willing to bet a decent amount of money that a minimum of eight out of my 10 calls, they would say something along the lines of, it's a hot mess, or I'm a hot mess, or the business is a hot mess, everything's a hot mess, everything's on fire. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, that's fine. You know, so they, they were, they didn't know up from down in their business. They had zero boundaries. And one of the things that I have realized even more so within the last like 18 months is I don't want to just help clients build businesses. I want to help clients build businesses that don't run them the F over. Mm -hmm. So in order to create that, you have to have systems in place. So that's where the foundation really started for success beyond the lens is we had a foundation and Dubsado setups and email management. And what those two things gave our clients was email management gives them peace of mind because they know they can step away from their laptop and emails are getting answered. They're not, you know, it's not taking three, four, five, six, seven, ten days, two weeks for someone to hear back from them. They know, you know, their their clients are getting a response. Also gave them a peace of mind because they have someone that can tell people no. That is so huge. It doesn't even matter what industry you're in. Having someone tell other people no for you, especially because I like, I don't know about photographers specifically, but a bunch of my clients and myself 
people pleasers. We want to say yes. We want to do the things. We want to show that like we're going to help the world do everything. Yeah. Someone needs to tell us no. And someone needs to tell other people no for us. That's just brilliant. That right there, solution in and of itself. (laughs) I mean, it really is. It's, It's one of the things that when clients really relinquish the control over their inbox, and that's the key, they get somebody who is in their corner, who will tell people no, who will say, you know, no, we can't do a photo shoot at one o'clock in the afternoon because that's against our policies. We're not going to tell them because your photos are going to look like crap because <laughs> the sun Everyone's is going to be sweating their butt off and the sun's in the <laughs> wrong direction. You literally can't find a good spot for lighting. <laughs> exactly. You know, but having someone else in your business that says, hey, you know, that's not when we shoot our our photo shoots or whatever, allows them to stick to their boundaries. It also helps our clients realize like they can create a schedule that they can rely on. And, you know, I, I recommend a lot of our clients pick three or four days in the week that they shoot. Your other two or three days, I don't know if I math that right, are editing, admin, and off. So then you actually have time to schedule time with your family or, you know, if you have kids, all of their extracurricular activities, you still have to edit. A photography business is like 90% running the business and 10% actually shooting the photos. So you have to allow yourself time to actually run the business. Even if someone's, you know, answering your emails or you have systems in place, you're still going to be marketing, editing, whatever the case is. So yeah, th- that was the biggest thing was systems and, and email management, allowing them to have peace of mind and putting systems in place that automate emails. Clients are getting responses. They're getting paid on time without having to bug people because the systems do that for them, which is another really nice thing. So different things like that, when Someone would tell me I have a hot mess. I'm like, okay, so what you need is a system. All right. So here we are. We're talking about all these changes and shifts that you've had in your business. Can you give us like a timeline of how this is all working? Because, you know, you said it's been four and a half years, right? So like we've gone Mm. from 18 months of baby VA figuring things out. Ooh, got my first really amazing client photographer figuring out like, oh, this is where my strengths lie Like, what does this timeline really look like for you? And like, how would you break up the different, you know, (laughs) the stages of evolution from, from monkey to man? I love it. it. So, you know, the, the first six months I was working full time as a, as a virtual assistant. So I was literally like, I would wake up really early work, get myself off to daycare, go to work, work work on my lunch break, work, pick up my kid. I identify with this. I identify with this so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. You know, I pick, pick Davey up from, from his sitter. I go home, I'd mom for a couple of hours, get him down and then I work again. And, and I mean, I did that for, for six months and finally I went to my husband one day. I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm like, I'm not sleeping. (laughs) Like I'm going to lose my mind if we don't let me quit soon. (laughs) So you have like this very like hustle season. 
And then the really the next year, I didn't hustle in the way that I hustled then. And, you know, I have my hustle seasons now. It was, I, I slowly built my clientele to a point where I replaced my full-time income and really focused on balancing, we hate that word, harmonizing, you know, you know, being, being a new mom and building a new business. So after that 18 months, when Success Beyond the Lens was born, it really started shifting. This is the summer of 2019. So fall of 2017, had my baby. Spring or winter of 2018, I started the business. Summer of 2018, quit my job, went full time. So now we're the summer of 19. And I went to the group coaching program. And this was where the big like I had no idea. Like I did like a five-year vision at the time. And I'm like, I want a company that is like the go-to company for photographers. I want to be the outsourcing resource for photographers. Like that was this big dream. So that was where I really focused for that time frame. I put my son in full-time care that fall. And then the business started like really ticking up. We were only, we were almost, we're probably like 80% photographers. I had brought on a virtual assistant to the team at the point to help me with other like little day-to-day stuff, but I was still the only person that was client facing and I was really, really excited. And I could kind of start seeing like, okay, like this vision that I had six months ago is starting to take shape. And I entered January 2020, I helped one of my clients put on a conference down in Nashville. I made so many fantastic connections at that conference and ended up hiring, I think I ended up hiring a second assistant for the team that spring. I hired you that spring to launch the podcast. And, you know, January, February, I'm like, oh my goodness, like we are making, you know, at the time the business was bringing in We weren't hitting five-figure months yet, but we were hitting six to eight consistently. And, you know, I mean, this is more than replacing my full-time income. And then 2020 happened. Yeah, and then 2020 happened. And what happened in 2020, Jen? (laughs) You know, I, I was so excited. We're building this thing. This vision's coming together. And then in, in May of 2020, I lost 80% of my business. Yep. (laughs) 2020 was so amazing, wasn't it? It was so great. It was the best. <laughs> <is> my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only client I had left was a non-photographer client. And I worked with her for a while after that. And that retainer was what helped pay the bills during that time. That and and the system setups. I went back, kind of like back to my roots in the, in that time you know, to, to make, to make ends meet. So, you know, that was, it was almost like we went backwards in the evolution (laughs) of the business. And, um, it was a really uncertain, uncertain time. I mean, it was for, for all of us, but to have like the niche that you work with be completely out of work yeah, for months in peak wedding season, Mm -hmm. On top of it was just, I mean, it was brutal. Yeah. And I mean, the thing though about 2020 is that like you, you made it, 
you made it through, you made it work. Yeah. Like it gave you, a, it almost kind of gave you a period of rest. Cause at this point, Jen yeah. and I are working together pretty heavily because one of the things that she mm-hmm. absolutely was not going to let go was the podcast. It was her main yeah. source of content creation. Like she wasn't promoting the only it. only source of content creation. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't promoting it in 2020. We shifted the schedule a little bit. We made things work, but the content existed. Like it was really the one thing she was doing for her business at that time. So that yeah. like something was being moved forward. And then in 2021, she started promoting her podcast and Finally. doubled her podcast listeners and her business income because in the 20 yeah. at the beginning of 2021 is when things started to open up a little bit more and people started coming back but yeah. it was because you started promoting your podcast people were seeing <laughs> how you work with the it's not even just like that you work with photographers it's not even just that you know what you're doing i think it was honestly like the passion that you have for this niche and people started hearing that passion in these podcast episodes that you were finally promoting. Guys, I just have to say, like, if you intend to start a podcast, just do it, but promote the damn thing. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, we have so <laughs> many episodes that never saw the light of day. Yes. And at well, the same time, on the social there. channels, in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're there and can totally be re-promoted. Like, that's always a thing, too. So like now we've gone through the hell that is 2020. You're looking at the end of 2020. Things start to things started to pick up a little bit at the end of 2020, didn't they? Yeah. So and that's that's where everything changed. Like and when y'all, I'll touch in it just a little bit in in this episode. If you don't want to listen to the whole thing in the next episode, but literally in October of 2020, I took two vital steps. I brought on an accountant, like a bookkeeping team. She'd been my accountant the entire time I had my business, but like brought her in on a monthly retainer to help me. Like I was, you know, money was coming in again. We were getting clients again. I'm like, okay, I am not screwing myself over this time. <laughs> like I, I want to make sure we're managing our money well from, you know, in the business. So I hired a bookkeeping team and I hired a therapist. And that is when those two plus one more, you can listen to about that one in the episode, the next episode, those two changes I made in October really, I credit them so much with the trajectory change that happened, not only in the business, but this is going to sound so sappy, but within myself, like there were so many things in myself that there was a lot of trauma that got kind of brought to light in the summer of, of 2020 that really had nothing to do with the panorama. Like, yeah. It was just things that were happening in my personal life that I was being triggered left and right because of the circumstances that we were put in because of the panorama, not the panorama itself. So pandemic. It, it, it's really interesting. Well, yeah, I know it's a pandemic, but I don't even like saying the word anymore. Panini, panorama. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we were still talking about the right thing. That is hilarious. I love it. You know, so like realizing those things within myself, I knew that if I didn't start unpacking that stuff, it was going to negatively impact every other aspect of my of my life. 
I mean, if you're blocked in major areas of your personal well-being or your mental health, then it's hard for you to come into a business excited, inspired, empowered, and from a place of trust and safety when all you feel in your personal life is mistrust and a lack of safety. Like, I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of trauma we uncovered just in the first six months of therapy. And I'm still going. Y'all know. Yeah, I, I talk about therapy all the time. I, I'm celebrating two years. It's like being Yay. sober. I'm celebrating <laughs> two, th- two years of therapy. You know, so like that was, that was a huge change. And I think those two decisions and investing in the business just a little bit that I did, believing in it enough to keep the podcast alive during the hardest season of Success Beyond the Lens, I think those were the things that really helped me stand on a solid foundation when things felt better in January of 21. Yeah, I love it. All right. So a lot of the January of 21 and on is in the next episode because it really is talking about the evolution again. I keep using that word, but that's really, that's just what it is in business. Like it's a series of evolutions, just growth. I mean, entrepreneurship is personal development. If if you're not willing to go there and to work on yourself, your business will not grow. Yeah. I so believe that after seeing the difference between fall 21 and then coming into fall 22, the differences not only in like, not only in myself, like that's, I talk a lot about that in the next episode, but the business, like we have a team of six. We just brought on, I don't even think you know this. We just brought on the second employee. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that happened. Yeah, I'm super excited. And and I mean, we've we've hit record numbers this year. We work with an incredible, incredible client roster. I mean, photographers that are making moves in their communities are incredible women of of leadership. You know, I mean, it's I'm just I'm so so grateful for where the last, you know, 20 months has taken us. Because like looking at the business that I have today, I don't know that this business would be here if the panini hadn't happened. Yeah. As weird as that is. I mean, it it forced a lot of people to look at things in a different way. way. And some people took that and went one direction and some people took it and went another direction and you chose to work on yourself and found a positive outcome, even though it was probably one of the hardest periods oh, for of sure. your life date. Like yeah. just, oh my gosh, so stressful. There's so much, I mean, everybody went through so much stress. It Like it is what it was, but yeah. at the same time, like you see, you can see it everywhere. If you're on social media at all, you can basically see like the panini or panorama or whatever we want to call it. Um, I just love that through the panini, you were able to find like yourself in some ways, work on yourself and find like the direction of the business. Because you're right. I don't, I don't know that where you're at today would have been possible because you wouldn't have had, what is it that people always say? Like 
you have to go through the fire to be able to yeah. walk out through the other side. There are other sayings that we could use that are way better than what I just said, but like <laughs> it takes that friction for the flame to really start. And that's, I think that's where I'm going yeah. with this is like, you went through the friction of 2020 and now the flame is just like so much <laughs> and you're off to the races. But I do have one last question as you've been building and growing. Like one of the things that I know you've been focusing on is really like allowing yourself more time to live your life because you're passionate about helping other people build businesses that they are able to like have a business and live their life. And I feel like in the last year, year and a half or so, you've been experiencing some of that yourself. And I'd like to know like how you've been growing into that. And then also like maybe where some of your boundaries are not boundaries, but like your hard stops, you're establishing your own boundaries and they've been not changing because that's not the point of boundaries, but they're, they've been being enforced and I've mm-hmm. loved seeing it happen and I'd like to know like how that's impacted your business growth as well. Like giving yourself that space, not working 24 seven because working 24 seven will not help you grow. It's not going to no. help you grow. Having that space, having like time away, that's what helps you grow. And so I'm, I'd like to know yeah. more about that. I love this question. I've never been asked this question like ever, like even in like casual conversation. So I definitely have really focused, uh, let me think probably the last, yeah, I'd say a year and a half because mm-hmm. the first vacation I took, well, I guess it would be a year. The first vacation I took where I had a conversation with my therapist, I was like, okay, so I'm getting ready to go on vacation. And, and she's like, so how are your boundaries with your vacation? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she, she's like, so how often do you plan on checking in? I said, well, you know, on the drive there, it's like a six hour drive. So I'll put my Voxer on. I'll hear the chirp in case anybody needs me. She's like, why? She's like, do your clients know you're going to be out? I said, yeah, everyone knows. She's like, why do you need to be have Voxer on? I'm like, because? She's like, that's not a good enough reason. So that was the first vacation. That was July of 21, where I drove an entire six hours and only checked in with my team twice. Which so is huge. That was y'all, y'all, that's, huge. that's massive. Like, I don't- huge. And I didn't turn any, any notifications on. Yeah, not in like a micromanaging way, just in a like for the longest time, Jen has always has been a the only contact and then the go-to mm-hmm. contact in case anything goes wrong or there's a question yeah. or anything like that. Like to say that her Voxer was overrun would be putting it nicely. That would be yeah, a, the yeah. nice way to say it. So for her yeah. to have gone six hours and checked it twice is like this is a massive shift. I, I don't want to underplay that in and of itself. So like continue. I just, I just, this was huge. This was a huge, huge, <laughs> massive, ginormous shift that needs to be recognized for the brilliance that it was. Oh, well, thank you. So that was the first time probably ever in, since I started the business where I was like, okay, I am legitimately taking a step away and trusting my team to handle it. At that point, I had somebody on the team who could go in and help clients. My clients knew who she was, all the fun things. So in that same trip, I was like without service for phone or Wi-Fi for 24 hours. So that was the next little itty bitty step. So I started doing these intentional breaks, whether it was a vacation time away. I did that three times. 
three times in mm-hmm. 21, where I I really stepped away from the business, took time for myself. And one of those was a trip with Kayla. Her yeah. and I went and spent five days, four days? Four days, I think. Maybe five. In, in Arizona at a conference. And it was the most incredible experience. Yes. Like, I booked a massage. We drank drinks by the pool and I I worked some, but I I worked on things I wanted to work on that, you know, brought me joy back into the business. So we read so much. (laughs) We read so many books. That's where I kicked off. If you all follow me on TikTok, then you know that I have like become a book fiend in the last almost year and now actually 10 months. So that was the first thing, intentional breaks away from the business. The next thing was, and I talk about this more in the next episode, is I hired a personal trainer. So I had a hard stop at least twice a week that I had to leave my office at the time I'm supposed to, to go to see the personal trainer. Before that, I always made an excuse that I would stay 30, 45 minutes or an hour later than my technical cutoff time was. So I made that change. I also, I turned all of the notifications off of my phone. The only notification I get to the screen of my phone are text messages, Slack messages, that's for the team, and ClickUp. Now, Slack and ClickUp I have them blocked during certain times of the day or certain days of the week. So from 7 p.m. each evening to 7 a.m. the next morning, I don't have access to any of my business apps. From 5 p.m. Friday to 7 a.m. Monday, I don't have access to any of my business apps on my phone. Nothing comes through. So that was another, another important shift for me in helping me not only manage the business and give myself time away, but managing my anxiety too, where I felt like as soon as I saw a notification, like I had to take care of it right then. So I made those changes. And then I, in the last six months, the the other big shift I made was I really focused on, okay, who are the clients that make sense for us, for me personally, to work with. Mm-hmm. I guess really even that's been a year. Mm-hmm. You really did start talking about that before our trip to She Podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's been a year too where I brought in someone onto the team and we started training her on those clients. She's taken over those clients. And currently where I used to manage anywhere between six and 10 clients by myself, Mm-hmm. I'm now at one and the team manages the rest or the client and I, I parted ways under, you know, amicable terms because it was no longer a fit for the, for the company. And, and that shift monumental in the mental load, emotional load and physical load on me, on the business, it has allowed me to focus on other areas where not to spoil anything, but we're working on a big project for the fall. And I am so pumped to actually get the time to not only grow the business, but improve the current foundation. Yeah. Because we grew so fast. I need to kind of go back and figure out, okay, here's the gaps. Here are the holes. Let's get those 
redone and then go into the rest of, of 22 and 23 with a solid plan for every aspect of the business. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. See, rest is very important for growth. So important. I need to take that in for myself in my own business. Yes, but you do. I saw I saw a meme a couple days ago that, you know, because you see it a lot, you know, diamonds shine under pressure, right? Mm-hmm. So we think, and it goes back to this hustle mentality. And like I mentioned earlier, I have seasons of hustle. We all do. Yeah. But the other thing was bread rises when it rests. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it depends on the person on what works. And I don't think it depends on the person. I think it depends on the season. You cannot constantly be under pressure or be in hustle mode and be growing your business. If you're hustling for longer than I would say 30, 45 days, I mean, you're stunting your growth at that point. You can't hustle for longer for longer than that without burning out. And if you burn out, then you're taking 60 days, 90 days to recover before you go right back to the same thing. Yep. And you're likely in the exact same spot because you had to take the time to do the recovery so you weren't working on the things that would move your business forward. Exactly. Yep. I know. I know. I know. Words to live by. You do. all entrepreneurs. (laughs) Yeah. Kayla. I know. (laughs) All right. This has been an amazing conversation. I have loved seeing your business grow. Like, I don't know if I have told, I've told Jen this, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think the world knows this, but when I started my own business, Jen was actually one of my, like, you know, they always tell you to look at people like way ahead of you for inspiration, but people like closer to where you're at for like next steps types of things. And Jen was all over the place when I started my business. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be like Jen. I just want to be like Jen. I want to be in all the places and answering all the questions. And like, I just loved it. And I love her personality and everything. And so whenever she wanted to start her podcast, I was like, oh, I'm going to try it. Like I was fangirling so hard. And then we have become <laughs> like the best of friends. And I've just loved seeing like the, ev- the evolution, this word will not get out of my mouth, but I've loved seeing your business grow. I've loved seeing you progression. grow. I love <laughs> progression is a great word. I, I've loved seeing how both of us have grown over the last, what at this point, yeah. two and a half, three years. It was 2018. Yeah. So holy crap. Just kidding. Almost four years. Four years. Yeah. That's insane. But I've just, I've loved seeing it. And I'm so excited that you're sharing your story on the podcast. I'm really excited for everyone to hear the next episode because it's really about these last 18 to 20 months. And the, they have just been so impactful, so impactful, but you have to know where it all started before you can really get the full benefit of how the changes have really impacted your growth and the business growth. So I'm excited for everybody to listen to that one. Jen, do you have any final words about your story and about like this episode or anything you want to leave everyone with? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm grateful for you to coming on here and like helping me piece this together because I could not do it by myself. And I'm, I'm just really excited for the audience to kind of hear where where I've come from, especially if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, this is brand new to to you, like brand new to you. So I'm really excited for you all to hear this. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I love it. 
Stay tuned next week, y'all, for part two of Jen's Building a Business Saga. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week. Oh,